everyone, and welcome to Wii Universe. This is the show where we are playing every single game on the Wii U, so long as the disc works or exists inside the box. And that so I own. long as it doesn't require an arbitrary, like, <laughs> piece of plastic that we may or may not have. It's true, it's true. Uh, we may break our streak, our streak that we've had 500 games running. I guess we still booted the disc. We still so booted that, the disc. Yeah, yeah. No, we tried. I mean, we, you know, we did what we could reasonably be expected yeah. to do. We're to announcing a new game. Patreon tier, people. Get ready. <laughs> it's the Skylanders tier, yeah. and it's just a biased plastic crap, yeah. and I'm excited about it. Uh, yeah, that's right. We are playing Skylanders today. I am Toy Boy Steve Guntling. Oh, I am Portal Master Woody Siskowski. Uh, we are joined by a very special guest to provide some uh, some insight and some figurines for the game we're talking about today. Uh, it's Neil Crow. Hi, Neil. Hey, guys. Uh, Neil Crow, uh, gotta catch them all, at least for the first set. <laughs> yes. Anyway, yeah. uh, not not the whole thing, but you know, yeah, enough. That that I mean, your collection is definitely impressive. So. This is this is uh, the gotta catch it all with your wallet, which eventually is what Pokemon <laughs> will just go to. Oh yeah, they'll just yeah, have yeah, yeah. seven hundred Pokemon, and they're like, yeah, each Pokemon's five dollars. Buy yeah. as many whichever ones you want. There you go. That was that was basically the way it is with me. I'd like. I got all 151 first Pokemon and got Mew at a special event, but yep. after that, I just I just stopped catching them all. I mean, well, I haven't stopped playing the games, but as far as like trying to catch them all, uh, I'm just gonna pass on that. So from between now on. between these two series, you are first generation and done. That's kind of like where you land. It's like yeah, yeah. It's just first series or first generation, and then I'm just burnt out. Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking about Skylanders today. I'm excited to be getting into this because the I've always been fascinated by this toys-to-life genre while also knowing full well that I cannot even begin to dip my toe in it because... It's a, uh, good, it's a good like token of maturity and self-awareness that you had. Oh, yeah. No, I, it was a nice moment of clarity. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'm just going to spend way too much money on this I shit mean, I, I still like, feel a little bad for sucking you down that Heroclix well, <laughs> so I apologize. No, but... I went down that well hard, yeah, and I was into it, but uh, yeah... Um, so yeah, I'm excited to be getting into this and, uh, Neil so graciously brought over, uh, his whole collection so that we could play with a variety of Skylanders more than the paltry three that I had for a set that doesn't, uh, isn't compatible with everything. Right. Uh, before we get started with this though, I have to ask everyone, what are you playing right now? Ah, uh, yes. Um, well, welcome to the, I'm sure will be first of many segments of Woody complains about Elden Ring. Okay. Um, oh, it is not the first of these. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, fair enough. Um, I was sort of beating my head against this sort of first boss character that you have to get into, like enter this castle. And I was summoning people like from other games to come help me fight him. Yeah. Or her, I don't know. Or just the indescript mass of flesh that every boss in Elden Ring is. Sure. Um, and I was getting about three-fourths of the way down the health meter. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I just need to summon another person who doesn't botch it up for me. Mm -hmm. And so I summon someone. I We enter to fight this boss. I run over to pick up my runes. And by the time I have turned around, this person has just like, Hadoukened this boss with some super powerful fireball Jesus. and just incinerated them before I have a chance to even figure out what the hell has happened. And so then the game gives me 12,000 runes. The boss is gone from the game forever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, that was tremendously unsatisfying. Oh, I, I keep <laughs> counting my blessings. I'd no, like, but oh, I, look, it's, it's a but now, like, now I have opened the, the path to a place I'm clearly not ready to get to, <laughs> being as I couldn't beat the boss to get me there. And so I'm bitter about that. Okay. Um, and it's like, the, I don't know, the whole 
summoning people in those Dark Souls games is, I think, a weird and oftentimes confusing and bad mechanic. Like, it's yeah, I, I've I've actually started Elden Ring as well, yep. so I'm nowhere near where you are. I'm, I'm yeah, just kind of I'm a whopping early, like uh, ten feet away from like I'm probably. really not very far. I'm not very far either. I'm just kind of at the castle gates, just like kind of going around uh, grinding a bit and killing a bunch of things. But yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you as well because. There's that notes mechanic in this one where you can just leave anybody can leave any kind of note for anybody. But it's not like you can write whatever you want. There's no there are there phrases you can use. But you also don't have to tell the truth about what's coming up. Like you can leave warnings for people that aren't true, and you can leave clues that aren't true. Like when people tell you to jump into a pit that will kill you. Yeah, yeah, they do that a lot, and I'm like, all right, so. I don't know which of these to trust, so I might as well just ignore them. So why are they taking up so much space in this game? That's yeah, frustrating. It, it's just odd that this is a game that's like has a foundation of like a social mechanic, but like you, these are all from anonymous sources, and yeah. you're just summoning like, and you're like, I have no emotional connection to like Bro Dog Fifteen that I, I just summoned. I mean, he and I are close friends. Sure, and we're Bro Dogs, yeah. but uh, you know. Um. So anyway, instead, I played Inscription because uh, Lindsay was recommending it. Yeah. And it had been on my thing to do, and she was totally right. That game rules. Awesome. Go play Inscription. It will if you are like me and a fan of collectible card games, and just this game will blow your mind. Okay. Like, it gets, All right. It gets wild. It gets totally, totally wild, and it's very rare that you play a game now that like just surprises you in what it is. And this game totally succeeds in that, even though I had, you know, I had played this fellow's previous game, Pony Island, which is another sort of mind melter. Uh-huh. The inscription takes it to a whole nother level. So that's, 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 that's a high recommendation. Amazing. Put down Elden Ring, play inscription. Okay. All right. I'll check it out. How about you, Neil? What are you playing lately? Uh, well, I've been kind of going the other way and trying to play, replay a game I hadn't played in years. I'm playing the, uh, the remaster of Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, okay. After watching, like, when I first started playing, I didn't really get how you're supposed to play it. I just play it like a regular Japanese role-playing game, you know, like another Final Fantasy game. But after watching videos about how you're supposed to get, like, really overpowered and stuff, I decided to give it another shot. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing that on my Switch. It's crazy. It's like, because there's level scaling in that game, the, the so the enemies get more powerful as you level up. So to get more powerful, you have to, like, use this junction sh- system, mm. which involves, like, getting magic spells from enemies, which you junction to your stats, because apparently magic in this game works more like items. Okay. But you have to get... But to get more of the spells you need, you have to, like... Get you make spells from items, which you can get from cards, which you get from turning monsters into cards. Okay. Yeah. I, have you played Final Fantasy VIII? Steve? No, that's a big gap for me. That I game went, is, like, is real jank. Like, yeah, there's I, a lot of bizarre mechanics in that game. There's some real. I know people are kind of split on that one. It, I went. I went six, seven, nine, ten. Eight 12, has some 15. cool, That's... like, emotional high points and does yeah. some different things than the other ones do. I definitely remember a scene where. Uh, there's kind of a romantic interlude in a space station crashing to Earth. Nice. With like a pop song playing over the background. I, I had fun with it. Okay. Even though I totally agree with Neil that like these systems are not clear at first of what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm there. It's on my list to check out one of these days. Yeah, but I still like it because I love the settings. I like the characters. I especially like the music there. But the gameplay and the, and the overall mechanics, uh, you really have to take some use to it because... And the biggest thing is, in order to really get ahead in this game, you have to learn to play the triple triad card mini game 
that you can play against other people throughout the world in order oh, to get that, better cards that you can make better spells with. That's always frustrating. I hate it when like the mini game is mandatory. Like that's always the worst for me. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it 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 it's definitely like been on my list for a while, and I think I've got it sitting on Game Pass, like to play through Final Fantasy VIII. So one of these days, I'm going to get to it. Switch seems like a fun way to play it because you do spend a lot of time just kind of absorbing enemies' magics. Oh, see, yeah, that would be a good time to do it. Well, let's jump into this series. You a little have not bit been today. playing anything. Oh, I'm doing from... Elden Ring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't have too much more to add sure. just because you're further than me. But <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I'm. I'm having a similarly like. It's it's very balanced between holy shit this game is gorgeous and intimidating and amazing and also like really frustrating and I know it's going to take me years to play this sure. thing so uh, I'm pacing myself. Um, all right, let's talk about Skylanders. Uh, so Skylanders as a series started life as a reboot of it kind started of a life property. as a plastic toy <laughs> that started, you found at Goodwill and yes. then somebody put it on a portal and it became a multi-million dollar franchise. I mean, weirdly, you just described the plot of Skylanders, yes. kind of, but yeah. So uh, there's a developer, uh, the developer's name is called Toys for Bob. Uh, they're an indie Creators team. of one of the greatest games of all time. You're talking about Star Control? I'm talking about Star Control right. 2. Oh, Star Control 2. Okay, see, I, I'm not familiar with this series, but I was reading this is the series yeah. that they're known best for. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, one of their uh, team members, Ai Wei Huang, uh, had been tinkering with some ideas for small robots in his I spare time. Ai Wei Huang almost sounds like it could be like one of the fake names that Bart gives when he calls Moe's Tavern. It I don't almost quite be. know like what, <laughs> I don't the, know what joke the joke is, is there. But yeah, yeah. But it feels like the setup for a joke there. Uh, so yeah, he was uh, intrigued by this idea of being able to have these physical avatars that you could scan into a video game. And so he developed some pretty cool hardware to make it happen. The game uses what's called a near field communicator or an NFC scanner. And basically it'll just scan a little chip that's built into the base of these little figurines and all of them will have unique information stored on those chips and you can just kind of bring it into the game that way. Uh, so Toys for Bob brought this pitch to Activision who immediately loved it. And, well, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. why wouldn't this is like catnip for corporations? Oh, and, like, well, and Activision like, loves making plastic crap. Yeah, too. this like, is like capitalism the game. You're oh, like, yeah. Oh, we can sell people a game and then plastic figurines that are collectible. Excuse and you me, need I have to, to go, play in order I to, have get, to go change my underpants. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously they're psyched about it. Uh, and they, they offered the team their choice of any neglected Vivendi Universal property to try it out because they had just acquired uh, VU in 2008. And so the team chose Spyro the Dragon. Uh, Spyro the Dragon started as an Insomniac series for the PS1. That developer sold it off to Vivendi, who kind of continued releasing a lot of games in the series, but with like less and less notice. This used to be kind of a top-tier platformer franchise and then the last like half dozen or so games had just gone completely I mean, unnoticed. Yeah, Spyro's was very much the way of Crash yeah. Bandicoot of like they had a moment of the PS1 era and then once things transitioned to the PS2 area they're like I guess they're still making those games. But. And it, they, yeah Crash is a good example yeah. too because that's another one that went to I think also to Vivendi Universal mm. and they just kind of neglected the franchise or just kind of beat it into the ground. And I think that Spyro was a good choice uh, for Activision Toys for Bob to use here yeah. because, like, they're making the smart choice of generally exploiting children. Sure, and like when you're trying to <laughs> always make, a smart decision. Yeah, when you're when you're trying to make money, like, yeah, you're yeah. like, okay, like kids like to buy crap and like yeah. will make their parents buy them for it. So like. Let's go with that. Yeah. And they don't have to put quite as much effort into the gameplay. 
which I mean, yeah, yeah, which is a nice kind of workaround for them. Uh, so you know, Spyro, and he was he was kind of due for a comeback, and he would kind of lend some lend some credibility to this new like technology for people who weren't sure if they wanted to try it out. Neil, when you got when you adapted this game in the first place, were you drawn by the Spyro license, or were you more excited by the premise of the toys? Uh, I have to say, it might be a bit of both. Really. Okay, you know, I I like the the original Spyro trilogy, of course. And this whole new idea seemed like a fun thing to try. And I, we, I, excuse me, we're also, we've also tried the, uh, I mean, I've also played the Spyro trilogy reignited. And uh-huh. I love how it's just like the same games, but with updated graphics. It feels like everything's exactly the same size and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good, like, uh, uh, those are the only Spyro games I've played is that Reimagined Trilogy, but that, I like yeah, that, that was one a one, lot. two, and three. And I, I platinumed that one, actually. And this, I got really into it. I, I just remember, like, this was kind of a fad around, do you remember the game The Eye of Judgment? Yeah, where, yeah, where you scan we, the, we had the camera the cards, for the And that was kind thing. of a similar vibe. Oh, yeah, I love that one. I really love the, the card game there. Yeah. But... But eventually, it just like you couldn't really find anybody else to play with. Like you could play with against the AIs, of course. But I don't know. It seemed like a really fun and great idea, but it just didn't seem to pan out as much as I hoped. It was just way too niche. I yeah, guess. I don't. I don't think it got fully the support that it needed to to take off. And that's but. kind of the fundamental issue here that we'll get to a li- in a little bit when we talk about. It. It's like. This foundation is really strong, yeah. but when you need people to buy a lot of these collectibles, you have to be like, all right, what do we do with this? Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it's a, it's a pressure to constantly keep evolving it. Yeah. So this game started uh, development in 2009 as Spyro's Kingdom. Uh, it was later renamed with the intention of gradually phasing Spyro out. He's kind of like your, mm. your, he's your free sample, and then, you, know, <laughs> you have to keep coming back and pay more and more. So the first Skylanders game was called Skylanders Spyro's Adventure. It was released in October 2011, and it shipped in a box set with the NFC scanner, which is now called the Portal of Power, and it came with three figures. In this case, it was Spyro, Trigger Happy, and Gil Grunt. And the basic story of this series, okay, is kind of an overview, since we'll weirdly we're jumping into every game in the series except for this first one. Right, because the first one never came out on Wii U. Exactly, yeah. The, the basic idea is that there's this mystical realm called Skylands that's home to hundreds of these strange and magical creatures, and there's a dark portal master named Chaos who wants to control these lands, so he takes all of his opponents, all the heroic characters, he casts them through his portals. They wind up in our world where they take on the form of toys mm, and they don't have any okay. powers unless you, you, the player, a.k.a. the portal master, is bringing them into the world uh, by purchasing them. Wow, okay. American so, currency, preferably. Yeah, the, the toys themselves are like, we are essentially part of the story. So the toys like, are part of the story, which yeah. is a fun kind of like meta way to approach mm-hmm. this while also being a very blatant cash grab. Sure. It's just like, yeah, it, it's it's Toy Story like on a uh, you get to play you know, as Andy. game level. You're, 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 you're Andy, basically. Yeah. yeah. So there were 32 uh, different figures available at launch, and all of them have different special abilities and elemental alignments. And this game was a bigger hit than Activision was even expecting. It outpaced sales predictions three times over, and it became one of the best-selling games of the year. Uh, Activision, of course, being Activision, they spun the series off into uh, uh, kids' books and graphic novels and a TV show and all of that stuff. And more importantly, though, this this popularized an entire new genre, which came to be known as the toys-to-life genre. So 
shortly after this game hit, Disney would be ripping off this idea. Lego would be ripping off this idea. Even Nintendo was getting in on it with their Amiibos. This created Amiibos. This this creates Amiibos. Amiibos would come out three years after this. Yeah, this is definitely the thing that kind of paved the way for it. And Amiibo is kind of the only surviving remnant of this genre at this time. Yeah, at this point, yeah. uh, uh, Skylanders and Disney both shuttered in 2016, and uh, uh, the Lego Dimensions one ended in 2017. Wow. And then the the Amiibos, like, for people who've collected Amiibos, the the output has slowed significantly. Now it's kind of like if you get a major new Nintendo game out, there might be one Amiibo figure with it. I think there was a recent Metroid Dread 1 release. Sure. Just, like, the idea of them being collectible like if you already care about the brand yeah you know, there's a little more of a selling point though i will say like the we we looked over you know neil's complete collection of season one here and mm-hmm. like they're nice figures yeah, like they look they're, good. they're big and plasticky like you can't play with them in the bathtub which is kind of a bummer no but like no, i don't know i was never that kid anyway oh really i, I had yeah. like this this like rubber hulk figure uh-huh. that i played with in the bathtub all the time because nice, nice. he was very bendable yeah. um yeah i i guess they're like it's debatable whether or not these count as toys. You know what I mean? Because you you couldn't you wouldn't really play with them independently of this. They don't they're not articulated or anything. They don't have like kung fu grips. Or... Right, which seems like it could have been a fun way for this genre to go. To be sure. like, here is something that both functions as an action figure you can use and that you can sort of pull into the the game. But yeah. maybe like. Maybe it's difficult to put, like, computer chips in something that kids are supposed to throw around. I can imagine, yeah, you would want to resist it. And these ones are pretty sturdy. Uh, I was looking up to see if there's actually any kind of aftermarket for these, like, uh, uh, Skylanders figures. Like, there there kind of is for Amiibos. Like, there could Mm -hmm. be some pretty pricey Amiibo figures. But Skylanders, not as much. Most of them will go for about $10 to $15, which is pretty much what they retailed for to begin with the only exceptions were like a couple of special edition ones that were released at E3 in the early uh, uh 2010 so those will go for like 7 or 800. dollars Oh like, goodness there's me. like a, a special figure of Spyro that goes for like 700. So Neil how were these figures like distributed like how would you buy new Skylanders they weren't like in random boosters or something were they No they were packaged pretty much just like you would uh, action figures really there was no randomness. Some of them you can get in like packs of three. Some of them came with like a set, like a like for the level expansions. You can get like a big figure. They'll unlock a new level or area to go to, and they might have like a new item, the power up item that you can use, and a new character. Okay, so, so I mean, yeah, that is nice. Like some of the amiibos, I think, come out with like a deliberate sort of shorting of the market or are only out for a limited amount of time yeah. and it sounds like for the skylanders like they were all just kind of available from the get-go and yeah most yeah. weren't too hard to find if you yeah them. and the excitement kind of came from like you know obviously activision seized on the idea to make this a yearly release and so every year there were going to be new toys to add to the collection uh so yeah a wii u port of spyro's adventure was actually released in japan but for some reason we did not actually get that here which means that actually the very first Wii U game in this series of players got was our first game today, and that is called Skylanders Giants. This was released November 18th, 2012, uh, developed by Toys for Bob and Vicarious Visions and published by Activision, and it was also released on the Wii, the PS3, the 360, and the 3DS. Um, so yeah, I guess a little bit of procedural stuff too. We're talking about five games today because of some technical limitations and we'll get to those. We didn't get to all of these games. I think we still got enough to talk about this series at, in general yeah. 
and like to have a pretty informed overview on what this game is, even if there's a couple of blind spots here. But I don't want to go buy another portal. I don't want to go buy a whole other suite of new figures. I need to be stopped. Yes. Um, and this first game, Skylanders Giants, aka mm. not the first game, but the one that we played, I think yeah. is really sets the precedent of what these games are. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's really a pretty simple sequel compared to the first one, but like they don't really change it up that much. No, not really. Not really. And basically what what you can expect here if you don't really have an idea of what this game plays like beyond what the figures are doing. Think like uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. It's like a, a, a brawler action RPG kind of thing. I mean, and to even like simplify it more, think Gauntlet. Gauntlet is like, in there. Yeah, three, yeah. There's three like enemies it, it is, have generators and kind of just spawn, and then you can uh, you just choose a variety of characters to go and use three basic attacks yeah. and move your way through the level. Yeah, and there, you know, there. It's it. I think it's a smart idea to keep this relatively simple, since there's so many uh, uh, moving parts happening here and so many different things to try out. So I think it's good that they kept it simple, and things do get a little bit more uh, involved as the series goes on. So the the big hook with this game were the Giants figurines. These were about twice the size as a regular Skylander figure. And they could uh, have special powers within the game. So you need them to come in and break a rock or smash through a hole in the floor or like pick up something heavy. You need to use the Skyland, the giant figurine. Now, we did learn you don't need a giant figurine to play this game. Uh, You do need a Skylander figurine, but you don't need a giant. It feels like, at least in the ones that we got to work, like they do an all right job of letting you see most of the content, like play your way through the game, even Mm -hmm. if you don't have a Skylander of a certain type. Yeah. But like often having like a water or an air Skylander to like get through this air gate Mm -hmm. will then allow you to go get a cute hat. Exactly. This game goes the direction all sequels go, which is adds hats. Oh, you have to add hats. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's the Malibu Stacy thing. Actually, when when we reused some of my old uh, Skylanders, I saw that they still had their old stats and stuff from years ago. I noticed that they had hats that I must have picked up from the previous games. Yeah. So I guess that wasn't added in, but it's still nice to know. Yeah, and they they added in, uh, I think... a, a few a few new characters there were 40 new figures in yeah. total and like about half of them were giants and then the others were just kind of remodeled versions of original skylanders and i mean so that's kind of what is cool and that's like the appeal of this game is that you can find a figure that sort of you like and resonates with you and it will like neil said it will save your stats like all the data is stored within the figure itself so yeah. when you put it down on this portal or you could bring it over to a friend's house who has skylanders like it's also thankfully cross-platform. Yeah. And, the, and like, Neil, you, you played this on PS3, and then these same figures worked at the Wii U. Yeah. And it was pretty impressive that, like, these 10-year-old figures still remembered how much playtime yeah. they had on each figure. Yeah. Like, they that's dis- a neat piece of technology. It is. Like, I have to say, I, I found this portal really satisfying to use. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's really responsive. It's really fun. And you just lift the figure off of it when you're ready to switch, and it immediately goes to, like, place a new figure on there. Yeah. And then you just put one on, and it boots up the new guy almost instantly. Yeah, and they they do a little dance, and they announce their name, and then you, you just swap out the new guy. It's, it's very painless to use, and it's fun to, you know, when we have access to a huge collection like we did today uh it's fun to just swap them out and try different items and i imagine i mean neil i imagine like that's kind of the appeal for you right each time you get a new one it's like okay what does this character do what are its abilities yeah that's pretty much it and 
they each character has like three different attacks or abilities you can use. And it's always interesting to see which ones they have access to. It's also important to note that, like you said earlier, they have like, there's like eight different tribes or elements. Some are air, fire, water, grass, magic, technology, and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you get all these different uh, elemental varieties, and that can help you access certain areas and and give you, uh, you know, for for those of us like me who like to search every little nook and cranny and find every secret, it's pretty satisfying, and it's incentive to get more items, which, again, a little nefarious, a little uh, mm-hmm. a little underhanded, but that's kind of the nature of the beast with this and, game. And interestingly, they, it mentioned that some levels are, like, attuned to certain elements, so if you have a character of that particular element, they'll be stronger there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was enjoying uh, kind of the little things we can do here. Like, the, the story mode is kind of the big draw, and all of these games have really nice production values, I think. like I'm sure once they realized the first game was, you know, selling millions of copies, oh, so yeah. like, let's put money into this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and they bring in kind of every major voice actor, like, to be in this game. And, you know, we have Patrick Warburton plays a major character recurring throughout, and... You know, uh, yeah, and, and this game was even more successful than the first one. This sold 500,000 copies in its first week, and uh, the series uh, franchise gross hit $1 billion 15 months after the release of the first game. That's insane. That's that's it, This thing was a cash cow like nothing else. Um, yeah, there was also a multiplayer battle mode that needs to be mentioned, too. Uh, this was pretty fun. Uh, you get to scan two figures onto the same portal, mm-hmm. And this game, I, I think that this game has a co-op campaign, which we yeah. didn't see at first because it doesn't make it obvious, but the, the portal can take two figures at a time. And I yeah. think co-op, two player is definitely the way to play this game. Um, it's just a lot more satisfying to be able to pick through different figures. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's just like the gauntlet style, you know, exactly. gauntlet's more fun it, with Though it people. is really a bummer, um, I don't think any of these games allow for more than two players. And no. I think that all, certainly the battle modes and the co-op, I think would all be pretty fun with three or four. And we tried hooking up two portals, and that doesn't cut <laughs> it. It gives you so. a sad yeah, error message. Yeah, it, uh, yeah and they give you that. just four basic battle modes. It's like arena, just go and attack your opponent. There's a sort of coin rush where you can hit them to... Uh, make them drop coins and then pick them up. Mm-hmm. I secretly made you play a football game, Steve. Yes, you did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where you it sort yeah. of kicks off the football in the arena and then you run and grab it and can make your opponent fumble it. And then there's a just knock the opponent out of the ring mode. Yes. Yeah, the, the football one, that was definitely the much more interesting version of football. I would yes. watch it more if it was like that. If it was dragons chasing energy balls around a maze full of fire, I would definitely like football more. I mean, you guys have just described Blood Bowl. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's the better version of football. Absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's move on to our next game because we're not going to have a whole lot to say about it, sadly. That is Skylanders Swap Force. This was released October 13th, 2013. Developed by Vicarious Visions and published by Activision, and this was also released on Wii, PS3, PS4, 360, Xbox One, and 3DS. All right, so disclaimer to begin with. Uh, the disc that we wanted to play was not in this yeah, box. Somebody did a little swap force on you, Steve. I think that's what they did. <laughs> they, I've, I've been trap teamed. Yeah, somebody uh, put a trap team disc in your swap force case. <laughs> how, how could they possibly make that very easy mistake? I don't know. Like, I have no idea. But we're either way, so we this, did not have access this to this may game. This may be the first, and you know what? We, I don't, I wouldn't feel bad if you didn't go get this game later. I, I don't. don't I do, here's the thing, and I feel bad. I, I don't want to be uh, uh, ruining our own format here, but I don't think I'm going to seek it out just because we actually get a flavor of what this game has to offer 
in some of the later games. We get to right. bring in some of those features later. If, if this is where I'm announcing my new tier of someone, send us the game Skylanders Swap Force, and we will play it. Absolutely, and we will talk about it, even if it's just for five minutes at the back of some other random episode. Absolutely, yeah, um, we'll do it. But, because uh, yeah, we didn't we didn't play this game. No, we we couldn't. But let me tell you a little bit about what this one does differently. So the new Swap Force figures, they're roughly the same size as the Giants figures, but the thing here is that they are held together with magnets so the top half can separate from the bottom half and then you can interchange the different figures and the different halves to give them uh the the skill sets of both characters so like for instance these are the only figures i own uh i think i i bought a uh uh swap force like starter kit at goodwill for like five bucks it came with these two guys one's like a squid guy and one's a fire guy and you can take you can either keep the squid guy as a squid and he'll have all water attacks or you can give him the knight's head and he'll have half fire yeah half so water he's attacks. like a fired knight head on like squid tentacles yeah it's it, it's cute it's cute there there are 256 possible combinations across the 16 swap force characters so quite a bit to do uh, this did require a different portal of power uh, since the original one had trouble reading the top half of the figurine. Wait, this uh, one required a different portal of power? It did, but I think we had that one. I think that was oh, the one we were using. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, so I think it would have required a different one, but we have it. Um, but yes, but yeah, that's the biggest, the, the biggest addition here is those characters. Sometimes you'll need to have a character with a certain base to get into a certain area and you can either swap out entirely new characters or mix and match them however you like, come up with weird new combinations. Uh, the other big ability here is that you can now jump, which seems a little elementary, but, uh, it's nice to have jumping, uh, jumping adds a lot to the game, opens things up a little bit. And, um, that's, that's really unfortunately all I can say about it, and I, I feel bad. It, but. Yeah, but I imagine it's a pretty similar experience. Like I yeah. did, you know, from a from a practical standpoint, the magnets themselves worked very well in the yeah. sense that they hold the figures together, but came off very easily. Yeah, they're fun to mess with. Yeah, yeah. They, like these these are again like sturdy toys to yeah. mess around with. Absolutely. Um, and not to glaze past it, but we do have another game that we need to glaze past a little <laughs> bit, and that is Skylanders Trap Team. This was released October 5th, 2014, developed by Toys for Bob, published by Activision, released on all those same platforms I said earlier. All right, the gimmick here is that you have a new Traptanium portal, which you can now use to capture enemies and enlist them as hero characters. So the traps are kind of shaped like little jewels. You scan them onto your portal, and you can capture an enemy in-game and then break them out and fight with them later. Okay. You can use 18 new figures called Trapmaster Skylanders, which are stronger and they're better at trapping enemies, as well as 18 new core Skylanders, 40 new villains, and 16 mini Skylanders, which can be portaled in as kind of little supporting characters. Wow. Uh, they also oh. re-released eight original characters for this with new poses and collectible shiny finishes. One thing we forgot to mention in the first one, which is just like a cool little, I don't know, like... So much of this stuff, sort of the the best praise I can give it is that it's cute. Yeah, and yeah. like, and a lot of it is very cute. Yeah, and like the first one, like you, there were some figures that were items. Like yeah. there was one that was winged boots, and so when you put it on the te uh, portal along with the figure, like you'll get a speed boost. Yeah, and then you can. There's a little cooldown period, but then you can just put it there again. And like yeah. again, that was worked very well and was very cute. It was very cute and it's very effective because some of your characters can be pretty slow with just the base level stats. So it's nice that you have all these ways to goose them up a little bit. Yeah, and there are also items like, uh, like I think there's a healing potion that will restore your health over time. Nice. And the other one we tried was the, 
the anvil rain, which oh, causes anvils anvil to rain. fall and hit all your enemies around you, which was pretty funny. It, it lasts for a long time, too. Yeah. We were taking out lots of things with that anvil that's rain. The Sky, that's the Skylander you purchased from Acme Industries. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, that a big crate you, of dynamite. Yeah, you have to get the umbrella Skylander to protect yourself from the anvil <laughs> rain. Um, so mean, The other thing, though, too, is like with all of these sort of extra rigmarole and stuff like that is kind of there to add to the game, like, None of these games are even remotely difficult. Oh, no, no, no. no, but, no. but again, they're not, they're not designed they're not to, be to be difficult at all. No, It's no. just kind of like, I don't, like, I, I mixed feelings about it because I appreciate the way you don't really need to buy any of the figures, like, to actually make it through the games, like, no. from a practical standpoint. It's not necessarily a pay to win. It's just like You're a, gonna pay, do better. a pay to have fun. Yeah. Like, the paying and getting new figures is essentially what the game is. That's the fun part. Like, That's It's getting the new figures and trying them out, which requires like you, you could, spending I think you could probably play through most of these games just using the same figure, but it's just there's not a ton of game there. Yeah. And in this case, with this game, you wouldn't be able to play with uh, just any other figure because we were not able to play this game either because the immediately shut down screen we got the first time we booted up was that we did not have the right portal yeah and that feels like a dirty trick that you need to not only buy new figures every time a new game comes out you need to buy the whole new starter set you need a new portal every time that's a little devious and so we did not get to play trap team because i I don't imagine i mean maybe there's some aspect of technology that like they couldn't get it to work with the previous design but like it worked with the later games in the series yeah yeah and yeah it does feel a little shady like if you had you were excited about this game and went and bought a used copy at GameStop yeah it's like this doesn't work and it seems to be this is the only one that has that limitation necessarily Mm -hmm. like you you can play the others with the same portal like I think the swap force ones they don't work as well with the two different halves of the figure but you can still play them this is the only one that limits you in that way yeah it feels it feels bad that you can't even get to the start menu here. yeah like yeah. it won't let you boot up the game at all so again patreon tier we're gonna add a skylanders tier for anybody who just wants buy to us send us a bunch of plastic crap. portal do it by yeah we'll put up a put GoFundMe it, yeah, for a on our Chris, christmas list it's like our only fans wish list is a traptanium <laughs> portal <laughs> we have an only fans now oh, oh, oh yeah no. you didn't know <laughs> All right, so let's go on to a game that we did actually get to play. Uh, This is Skylanders Superchargers. This was released September 15th, 2015, developed by Vicarious Visions, published by Activision, released on all those same platforms as before. The big innovation here, as you might be able to tell from the title, are vehicles. You get supercharged little vehicles that your Skylander gets to drive around It's frequent and massive litigation. Yes. You're being supercharged. Yes. (laughs) You're just being sued into oblivion. It's a Phoenix Wright crossover. Uh, So this game was designed to incorporate about 50% driving stages uh, as opposed to just a straight-up action RPG. And once again, this did call for a new, bigger portal of power to fit the larger vehicle figures. But again, we can play it without that on this one. This game is also very nice in that we did not need to have a vehicle in order to play this. It gave us a default vehicle, so we can still play the game. So now they sell, like, plastic vehicles would be the toy here, right? Exactly. I mean, a very logical, like, extension of what kids want to buy. Yeah, and, I mean, these vehicles are essentially just Skylanders on their own because the figure, the, the driver is fixed inside the car. It's not like you can swap out the vehicles for the different characters. Uh, so... Well, they you know, are you, can, you mix and match the vehicle and the 
driver, I think. In the game, you can, but the figures themselves are, oh, are stationary. I, I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, But in a nice little surprise cameo, Nintendo characters Bowser and Donkey Kong do appear in the game. And incidentally, these uh, these Skylanders figures of Mar of Bowser and Donkey Kong can be used as amiibos in other games. Oh, I think that's this is, pretty cute. That's I think this is the only thing that crosses over in that sense. Like you can't use Skylanders figures on amiibo games, but this these two you can. Oh, it's also worth mentioning since um, we're talking about Nintendo stuff here. Like none of these games use the Wii U in any creative way. You pointed no. out that like. Obviously, this sort of NFC technology was on the Wii U because, like, they can read Amiibos just in this, like, the game pack. Yeah, itself. it's built into it. Yeah, um, yeah. But they didn't use that for any of these. And there's no dual screen functionality, like, no. which is a shame for, like, the co op. You have to stay pretty close to one another on this TV. It is and, nice that the second screen gives you full stats of whatever Skylander yeah. you're using. And you can see, like, uh, playtime, things like that. But yeah, but, no, I agree. It doesn't really use it. But. This is intended to be as multi-platform as possible, yeah. I think, you know, and just sell as many different copies um, as they can. So, yeah, so this game uh, let us let us have our car right from the get-go, and we did need it quite a bit. Um, it kind of varies between... There are sort of like open uh, exploration-based levels that are almost at an isometric angle, and then there are behind-the-back like racing segments or kart racing segments that are kind of traditional racing ideas. The isometric sort of driving kind of sucks. Like It was confusing, yeah. The camera switches angles, so it's not clear what direction goes where, and we found ourselves driving in circles a lot. We did, yeah, yes, because sometimes like pressing down would make you go up or things like that. It was it was almost like RC Pro Am style, but uh, you know it, it seemed to keep shifting alliances. It, it's like RC Pro Am if the camera is also moving, yeah. you know. So it, you're you're navigating a couple of different things here, and you can um, use a co op while you're driving car. One player is the gunner, yeah, um, which is Neil pointed out is kind of like the little brother mode. Oh yeah. It's like, it reminded me a lot of like Super Mario Galaxy games. Oh, yeah. It's pretty much just like that. You have a cursor and you can use it to either attack enemies or use it to suck up all these like kind of gears or something like I guess the equivalent of coins or those yeah. star bits. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a great feature. I like being able to collect stuff like that if you don't want to like shoot things down. And yeah. You're still and active and involved. I think that the vehicles have some elements of customization here that maybe is what you spend those little bits on. Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing too. Like, yeah, we do we are able to play it without having the the supercharger figures, but the supercharger figures are the only ones that are going to be able to customize your vehicle. So you'll be collecting all these customizable parts and just not being able to do anything with them. Mm. Like you said, we can play through this whole game with a standard figure, but we're not getting the full experience right. unless you're getting this the figure designed for it. And I think that kind of indicates the tipping point that this series was at. This is the first game that like kind of was a sales disappointment. Mm. I think it's just, it's too many, too fast, and it's like one too many things Well, I mean, now. yeah, let's go through the timeline real quick. So the first one came out in 2011. Yes. And so now there's been, now we're at four, five games? This is the fifth game in five years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it, if, if you're into it, like each one is like hundreds of dollars of new figures. Yeah. And it's just like, at some point, you're like, all right, how much am I investing to play in this kind of like rudiment, like sort of bad ratchet and clank? That's like, yeah. That, and and that it's is, not, again, it's not even bad. Like, it's just it's very rudimentary. Like, if you're yeah. excited about the collectible aspect, the gameplay here just 
doesn't have big legs. No, not necessarily. The gameplay is intentionally simple because the collecting and the exploring are kind of the point. Right. Um, well, that brings us to the last game in the Skylanders series to date. That is Skylanders Imaginators, and that was released October 16th, 2016, developed again by Toys for Bob, published by Activision, and released on all the same platforms. One and of the newer games that we've co- like covered for the show, like 2016, pretty, pretty late. late for the Wii U. Yeah, we played the, the Cars 3 <laughs> game not too long ago, which was 2017, but I think uh, this would be the next like latest yeah. one. Um, so, uh, this was the end of the Skylanders cash cow. This was, uh, the very, this, this fad proved to be very, very profitable and very brief. Uh, it was the definition of a fad. Yeah. Activision netted $3 billion off this series. That's in in six years. That's pretty damn good. So, uh, I don't think anybody was upset about this one, but yeah. So like they all started kind of dropping like flies. This was the last Skylanders in 2016. Disney infinity also discontinued this year. Lego Dimensions <laughs> in the following year. Um, and so Superchargers, you know, it, it was kind of a financial disappointment. Uh, so they'd hoped this one could reverse the trend, and sadly it did not. This is the worst-selling game in the franchise, despite being generally well-received. Yeah, uh, I mean, by... like, for what it's worth, I don't think that they necessarily got lazy with these no. games. Like, this game I don't think any of these like are bad, no. Sort of the, more, the most fully featured of all the games, and um, I enjoyed the way, like... Since all of these games have basically been additive of like, now here's another figure you can buy. Now you can use the swap force. Like Mm -hmm. this one felt like if you had a collection of sort of mix and match from the previous games, you could use them all in here and sort of really experiment with some cool combinations. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool to like get to the final stage of this. And it's like, all right, a little bit of everything will work in this one. The, The big hook here is customization. So... Uh, basically, you get to create your own Skylander. You you mix and match from six different classes, ten different elemental alignments, and a couple of dozen different uh, uh, individual body parts that you can kind of swap around. Uh, so you, you just kind of Frankenstein them together into whatever combination you want. Now, obviously, it's kind of hard to translate infinitely customizable, like, home-built characters into figurines, so they didn't really bother doing that. Instead, they brought in 16 new characters called senseis. Oh, excuse me, 31 new characters called senseis. Uh, and they, they're they basically just super powerful, focused in one elemental attack kind of style. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so the Skylanders can now, they and they can help also infuse your Imaginator characters with stronger traits. Um, so yeah, there are 16 new figures or 31 new figures available, including cameo figures of Crash Bandicoot and Neo Cortex from the Crash series. Mm. Nice way to bring it full circle. And, uh, Spiral kind of shows back up in this one. You pointed out like he's in the second game a little bit, but then those three in the middle, he just sort of vanishes. I mean, even if you, if you look at the cover art for the very first game, like it's a, it's a layout of a bunch of the Skylanders in the, in a row and, Spyro isn't even center. He's kind of like in the background a little bit. They were definitely pushing their custom created characters yeah. so they wouldn't need to pay any license rights. But to maybe, maybe the idea was okay, we need something to pick it back up again. Let's put Spyro back. Yes, yeah, so Spyro's but. back and yeah, and Crash Bandicoot's back. And Activision actually ran a brief promotion where players could send in their uh, custom characters and they would make 3D printed versions of them Neat. to play in the game, which uh, that's that's pretty fun. I don't think they did very many of those because that's not sustainable. But Well, that sort of brings me to my general point here, which, as is the case with many fads um, and 
that they like I, I'm reminded of the music the music games in the sense that people just get burned out on plastic crap they have to buy. Yeah. But the ideas there I, I get a little sad that like because they sort of got oversaturated and people lost interest that then now they're dead. Yeah. Because I think this idea of toys to life is still pretty fun. Yeah. And if done tastefully and in, which is maybe what amiibos are, but like usually they don't put that much effort into amiibo features. Like, no, amiibos don't really do much for you in Nintendo games. I for think the they, most part. they they put more effort into amiibo features at the beginning and realized that they mostly had interest to like thirty year old men who wanted to like yeah. scalp them. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. And so it, it's just a shame, like. Because my fundamental issue here is not with any of the Toys to Life stuff, aside from sort of the obvious, like, consumerist pressure of it. Yeah. But, like, the fact that none of these games feel like they have sort of long end game. Because what I want is kind of like a Diablo or MMO style thing yeah. where you have this Toy to Life and you can really, like, customize its moves and sort of carry it with you as, like, kind of like a little a little buddy, right? Yeah, that you develop yeah. an attachment to and you're like, this is a very customized figure that I have. And then sort of this big online open world or something like that, where your figure feels substantially different than someone else's. Yeah. Yeah. That, 100%. That, that to me feels like sort of the heart of what would be cool about this is to have like a real kind of attachment to something that you can put on your bedside table. Yeah. Um, and I think that just with the market kind of getting diluted here, like that element is a little lost. Like it I, is. I think there would be a real market for a kind of toys to life game for adults. And I don't mean like they sell you like waifus like, or something. Right. Yeah, but, yeah. 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 But yeah, I'm excited to see what Lego dimensions and Disney infinity brings to this formula to see if they can kind of refine it and add a, a, a little bit more to it because there's a good basis here, and we do have to think of this as the originator, you know, so the those other games are probably trying to top it in some way. So I'm, I'm excited to dig in and see how they do. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to those in future episodes. Mm -hmm. So for our ranking purposes today, we, uh, instead of ranking all five of these games, two of which we weren't able to play, we're just going to call this the Skylander series. We're just going to call this one entry and kind of lump them all together because, and I think that's fair to do uh, because they they are all they're very much all part of the same thing and they they share so many features. They're not like wholly distinct games every yeah. single time. And I think that the I think the only real warning to put out is like that the trap one requires a different a different portal. So yeah. if you like somehow had this stuff laying around and or decided you wanted to randomly randomly check this out, that's not the one to get. Yeah. Um. I mean, um, I feel pretty confident in saying, like, the Imagineers was the best one. Yeah, Like, yeah. just because it did feel the most fully featured, like, the idea of having more customization feels like it would give you a little more to do with these figures. Yeah. And since all of the elements are here, like, you can use the vehicles, you can use the giants, um, seem like... Because at this point, you just however you get these figures is going to be pretty piecemeal. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I feel like it would be kind of a weird, fun hobby to like get Imagineers and just be like, whenever I see a Skylander at like a thrift store, I'll just pick it up for a buck and then yeah. I'll try it out in this game. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That, that you could make that sort of your the way to play Skylanders in twenty twenty. That'd be a fun way to do it. Actually, I like that idea. All right, so we're going to add these to our rankings here. Uh, I am going to put the Skylander series at number. 24 that is going to be right below transformers prime and right above need for speed most wanted you yeah i think on balance i i enjoyed my time with these games i think they're clever i think uh 
you know, the figures are well made and they're fun to use. You know, I do have reservations about how much of a blatant cash grab this idea blat like kind of is on its face, but uh I, I had fun messing around with these. Uh I, I enjoyed them and yeah, yeah. Hit me up on Patreon with uh, all that extra uh, uh, trap money. Yeah, if you have Skylander and portals laying around that you want to get rid of <laughs> um, and you will pay the shipping on, yeah. let us know. And also you will include more money in the box. Yeah, Just exactly. like use that instead of you packing You want to pay peanuts. me, pay us to take your stuff. And the box must be jeweled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think you like these games more than I did. Mm. Um, I could see, I yeah, I think if I was in it with the figures and sort of went along with that, it would be fun. Um, but I think just judge purely as a game, these are all pretty light. Yeah. Um, so I'm putting them at number 41, the Skylander series, which is right behind Transformers Rise of the Dark Spark. Oh, wow. The, we're, less, we're the less good Transformers game. The less good game. Transformers game. Um, but ahead of the Planes game. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, they, they they were fine. It just it seems like a tough sell at this point. Yeah. And how about you, Neil? I mean, you don't have an official list here, but uh, uh, as a Skylanders fan, was it fun to come back and revisit these? Or Yeah. Unfortunately, I only played the first game, and I haven't played any of the other games until tonight. So yeah. I'd say they were a pretty good series. I mean, if, if, if not a bit easy and basic, but the whole customization idea, I know that really gripped me for a while. And, and of course, the collecting aspect. I am a bit of a collector. But, yeah. But it was... It was a fun experience, I think. If, like I said, if not a bit simple. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think simple is a good thing in this case. Like, if you overcomplicate this idea, then uh, you lose people pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, the overcomplication all has to come from depending on people buying more stuff. You're like, yeah. okay, we can overcomplicate the plastic parts because that gives us monies. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, we have a couple of letters here today. This first one starts, Stephen Woody, exclamation point. Who's Stephen Woody? I don't know. Okay. I don't know, but I, I'm going to read their letter anyway. Okay. Uh, thank you for doing God's work in introducing Funky Barn to the masses. <laughs> oh, coming from the number one Funky fan. <laughs> Here's my from F. Barn. <laughs> Here's my question. What game do you guys hate that most people seem to love? Not just a good game you couldn't get into, but rather a game that is generally well-regarded that you genuinely think is just plain bad. Personally, I don't find Uncharted to be anything special. While I understand mm, it was a very impressive fair. on a cinematic level at the time, the gameplay is dull and repetitive, the characters are unengaging, and most of its best features have been done better in other games. The Last of Us series has made the Uncharted series all but obsolete, in my humble opinion. Keep on hanging on. Keep it on. That's from Dan in Washington, D.C. Thanks, Dan. There's a postscript here. It says, Steve, I recently completed Dragon Quest VII on 3DS, having started it nearly a year ago. <laughs> You had mentioned you were playing it, and while it is way, way, way too long, I encourage you to finish it to the end. The feeling of accomplishment when you complete this truly massive quest is incredibly rewarding. Hmm. So I, I, I am okay. still kind of picking at it. Sure. But, uh, I mean, this, it sounds like it's a real picker. It's, it's a picker. like that scab that just won't go away. It's a picker. It's a grinner. It's a lover. It's a sinner. It's <laughs> all that. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm gonna be. I'm gonna tread carefully because I don't want okay. this to be like a. Uh, uh, you are dumb for liking popular game okay. thing. Okay. Um, also, your Uncharted take, totally reasonable. I agree that Uncharted, like... No, like, <laughs> I think Uncharted doesn't do anything amazingly, no, aside I, from being exceptionally well-paced. Yeah, like, uh, well, I, I, like, I actually find the characters really engaging. Yes, I really no, like totally, that, but I, like I don't the, think the gameplay is really the focal point of no, And games. I agree with that. Yeah. Even even when it was new, I'm like, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is Tomb Raider, yeah. you know, but I like Tomb Raider. 
Um, all right. Well, do you have one for this off the top of your head? Uh, I mean, I think I'm on the record with most sports games, you know. Oh, like, well, sure. That's but that's just something answer. that doesn't, like, grab your interest. That's just right? something that doesn't click. Like, yeah. Well, right now it's Elden Ring because I'm still <laughs> pissed about that dude hadoukening that boss. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just sort of, I don't know, that lack of direction. Um, come back to me. I had one in a second. And yeah. It just vanished. I, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble thinking of any off the top of my head because, like, generally... If if it doesn't appeal to me for whatever reason, I just don't play it. Like with, uh, like I would say, like most of the new Rainbow Six or Tom Clancy games, like don't really jump out at me as something I need to go out and play. But like I tend to enjoy them when I try them. But it's just not really high on my priority list. I I thought I I have one and I'll come back to it. I just can't. I I know that it was in my head. I can I can say uh, most like. Online-only oh, multiplayer games are not for me. Uh, Fortnite sure. is not for me. I know a lot of people really like Fortnite. It's not for, It's not my thing. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I remembered what I was going to say. Okay. I believe the first God of War for PlayStation 2 is a bad game. You've been on the record about yeah. this. I, I think that is a wild take, but yeah. I'm... I'm uh, uh, that, yeah. that, that's one I feel good about sharing my... Dis- that is a game I actively dislike and find yeah, and very that, grindy and annoying and, and box-pushy. And, and most and, people would find that to be like a, a yeah. kind of counter... Dude, exactly, yeah, yeah. and I. And whereas God of War for PS4, it's more like not necessarily my type of game, but I respect it more. Okay, I, I don't right. think it's bad but the way I do with the PS2. How about God of War 2? That game is much better. Much than the better. First one. There yeah. you go. Okay, good, good, good. Neil, do you have one of these? Do you have a game that like you just kind of can't get behind? Um, I don't think it's so much a ga- single game, but more like entire genres. Mm. I mean. I got the first Dark Souls game just to see what everybody was talking about, but I just didn't really get into it because I can only take so much frustration. And those are games built on frustration. Yeah, yeah. I I, I need to tread a little carefully with those. It's like I'm in the vein of like, I really like everything Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Elden Ring are putting down. I just, I, I'm mad at myself for not being better at it. And then there's just like, mainly the fighting game genre in general, because growing up, I wanted to play games with others, but a lot of people just wanted to play these fighting games, which were popular back in the 90s. Yeah. But I was just absolutely no good at them and just kept getting trashed in them. Yeah, yeah. That can be frustrating, yeah, for sure. I My uh, my other two takes, and then we can move on from this before I get all the hate mail, <laughs> is, um, and I, I think that these games, I re- totally respect their influence, um, but I think, like, to play them now, they feel pretty bad. Mm. And that's Grand Theft Auto 3. Yeah. And uh, Metal Gear Solid. Okay, okay, um, yeah. I think Metal Gear Solid is kind of a rough play. <laughs> like, it, last time, the last time I played that was maybe 15 years ago, and even then I'm like, ooh, yeah, this is uh, this is age. And just like, to be clear, I love Metal Gear Solid, but and like, I, it's kind of bad. It's it, That's a uh, respect the hell out of it kind of game. Yeah. More so than, you know, it, it's pretty amazing for what it did when it did it, but it's kind of hard to play now. The Twin Snakes on GameCube kind of smooths a lot of that over. That's yeah. maybe the easier way to play and, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure that Grand Theft Auto 3 was ever a great game <laughs> but i like, i question that too but it's innovative yeah, yeah. oh yeah sure. totally all right one more letter here it says hey Stephen woody in the course of re-listening to old episodes of the podcast i listened to the bomberman hero and the noble sir charles blastington's territory episode <laughs> yes. for probably the fourth <laughs> he or finally fifth got time. his dukedom yes he finally yes yes he's a, he's a landed gentry now um and woody put out a call for people to email in with game recommendations for making a weird game tournament Oh, I don't, man. <laughs> I don't have anything too interesting to add to that, but I was wondering if you could share some of the ideas you've used before. 
Any ideas I've generally I have generally aren't game specific, but seem to resolve revolve around teams of two and weird controller ideas, yeah. like playing racing games with Guitar Hero or Blindfold Tetris or Love Paneled it. Upon with instructions being given by the other teammate. That Love. was mine. Wow. Thanks for the excellent content as always. P.S. I remember you wondering if anyone ever actually beat Turok. I thought I'd give Conquering it a go and only made it to the very early level three, which is an incomprehensible maze. Thanks, Top Gear Rally enthusiast Sean from Australia. Thanks, Sean from Australia. Yeah, um, Woody, you're you're the one to to bring the, the I mean, tournament questions. J- to. Just to be clear, no, nobody has ever beaten Turok. No. Um, oh, you, uh, Neil's beaten Turok. Hold on. Yeah, I did beat the Turok, but not the Nintendo 64 original, but the remaster oh, version the, on the Switch. Okay, okay, but it was the remaster one of the original game, not the remake. Do they okay. give Do they give you a map in that game? Um. I think they did, yeah. But it covers the full screen. Like, I think that, weird... what helped is that they removed a lot of the fog in that, making oh. it seeing the enemies and stuff way better and clearer. That would be a big difference. I did play Doom sixty four, the the new port that they put on Switch, and you can see that game now, yeah. and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, so it's much better. To games are much more fun when you can see them. Definitely. I think I think the N sixty four unless they're Turok, blindfolded Tetris. Yeah, yeah, may yeah. have gone gone down is perhaps our one of our biggest overrates. Yeah, yeah, um, it's possible in, that in, first in, one. In, series history even though i still think it's pretty satisfying especially that game has one of the great shotgun animations when you just blast a dude and he goes flying i think that's still my weird hot take is that turok 3 is the best one in the series yeah. but i don't know I don't um, think that's just me all right weird video game turners first off those ideas i don't know if he was just sharing ones that we had shared earlier but those are all great ideas those are all great ones I, even yeah. if that came from us the, pat, patting us on the back that 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 panel to palm one is one i definitely did i did it with pokemon uh, puzzle league but uh yeah, basically you play with like one person shouting directions and the other person controlling it. It's it's fun that way. I mean, I think that the trick with all great uh, party games is something that can be explained very quickly mm-hmm. and doesn't have in like, I think that fighting games are a real tough sell, even something that's supposedly more user-friendly like Smash Brothers. Yeah. Because they just are not open to everyone and someone is just going to dominate and it's not going to be satisfying for the others. Yeah. So I like to drop games that people have never played or um, just sort of put a new life into them. A couple that I did at my most recent tournament was Baseball for the Fairchild Channel F, (laughs) um, which was kind of a bust, but um, was fun to show people a console that they'd probably never seen. Yeah, if you haven't seen that controller, look it up. very weird controller. Yeah. Um, The the real highlight game that comes highly, highly recommended is, um, I believe, a 1 to 8 or 16-player game called... uh, Mount Your Friends 3D, uh-huh. A Hard Man is Good to Climb. Yes, um, yes. That game is a total, total delight um, and really fun for everyone. Um, that I is have, my highest recommendation. I have fond memories of uh, you set up Soul Calibur 2 with a DDR pad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to try and win fights like that. Yep. That I was... remember you set up a, a Silver Surfer NES station where people had to take turns trying to get the highest score in Silver yeah, Surfer. Yeah, you're, you're actually, you had experience with Silver Surfer. I was so. the only one who had played it and like weirdly defended it. Yeah. yeah so I think that's a fun one too, like random, you know, random shrups. Sh- to get Schmups, yeah. to get like a high score. I had people play Missile Command just on a trackball through MAME, which worked pretty well. Like emulation is a fun a fun way to do it to sort of be able to mix and match things weirdly. Yeah. I don't know. For me it comes down to making people play things in a new way and things that they haven't seen. And I think the actually the all-time great tournament game is um the Samurai Kirby mode in Kirby Superstar, which is simply a standoff mode where you both just wait until a sound plays, and then whoever presses the button first to attack 
wins because it gets super duper intense. It does. Like, it really does. Yeah. That like game Bushido Blade would be a good ma match for that kind of aesthetic yes. too. But the Kirby is like I better. think Bushido Blade um, works okay, except that that game is not very intuitive for new players. It is not. No, right. it is not. No, so there's lots of fun ideas you can do with it. I, I you know, and again, I'm going to throw it out there. If you're listening to the N64 series, you've heard us talk about NBA in oh, the Zone yeah. 2000, the slam dunk contest with the completely inscrutable controls. First person to make a dunk is the winner. It yes. will take a while. Yeah, the highly, highly agree with that take. And yes. I, was, I think I was going to do that at the latest tournament, but you were not a part of it. And I'm like, I can't do this damn. without Steve. Oh, damn, so damn. Had to oh, go well. with um, Out Your Friends instead. Next time I'll have success, to. So. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much to Neil for being here and for providing us so many Skylanders. Thanks so much uh, again for, for guesting and helping us uh, out with that. Yeah, sure. Always glad to be here and help out in the show. Oh, well, we're happy to have you. Uh, be sure to tune in next week. We are talking about a biggie. We are playing Pikmin 3, the we're, third of the Pikmin. We're trimming our gardens. We are. We're bringing in little critters and we're throwing them. Once they learn to love us, of course, yeah. then we throw them. <laughs> All right, so play. join us next week, Pikmin 3. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we will see you next time. Portal away! Portal away!